0: Legends and welcome to Unbeatable You, where we connect, thrive and conquer. I'm your host, Brett Robbo, and I'm super grateful for your valuable time. So let's just dive straight in. Keep thriving and enjoy. All right, here we are, episode 199. 199. I'm just, I was trying not to think about that and just feel into it. It's, it just brings this energy. 199. Oh, I I think back to episode triple zero and episode one and how far this, uh, this podcast has come. And to be honest today, I am absolutely buzzing off natural energy of life. Amazing sleep, uh, feeling mentally clear and calm had some good exercise routines, been in the ice bath, had an amazing connected weekend with the family. Uh, I'm on a dry run at the moment, not drinking alcohol. I don't know if that's got anything to do with it or not, but just buzzing on life, buzzing on an abundance of gratitude and an abundance of natural energy. And with that energy, I'm actually going to share something with you that is kind of the opposite to that experience because that's what happens in life is that we have these ebbs and flows And one thing that's become really clear to me since becoming a parent is that those ebbs and flows, the peaks are a lot less and the troughs seem to happen more frequently or that in between space for myself. So what I wanted to share with you guys was an experience last year that is something that's very rare for me and something that taught me a lot as well in the same breath I've kind of mentioned it a couple of times on different episodes previously, but last year, so the end of 2022, it was a really challenging last quarter for my gorgeous wife and I. Uh, we relocated from Sweden back to Australia, bringing our two young toddlers with us. And uh, the first few weeks was really good. We were spending time with my family and, um, you know, just getting our feet grounded and everything. But after that, and for almost three months straight, we had just lots of different challenges thrown our way. We we had trouble getting the kids uh, dual citizenship and we had trouble getting them back into childcare and therefore juggling them with both of my gorgeous wife and I. We've got our online coaching businesses. We've got our coaching in person, uh, doing all of these different things. Uh, we then, after two years away, opened up our storage shed and all of our gear, almost all of it was covered in mould so we had to throw a lot of stuff out. We bought a big motorhome to live in, uh, a big bus that we thought we we're going to spend a few weeks doing up and then we're going to live in it. Uh, and there was lots of challenges to get that relocated and um, that ended up having a lot of mold and then many, many breakdowns and uh, caused a hell of a lot of stress and tension and essentially we poured a good chunk of our savings into this motorhome that was going to be our home that actually ended up not being livable or usable at all. And it brought a lot of time on the side of highways with a lot of stress and pressure with these breakdowns uh, at the same time, juggling sick kids in and out of daycare, juggling our businesses and our other commitments uh, and lots of other things uh, on top of that. And these challenges just kept coming our way, just thicker and thicker and thicker through that period of time. And it was this weird dynamic because at the same time, We had amazing people around us and this amazing support and uh, super grateful that we had an amazing apartment that we could temporarily live in and all these things to be really grateful for and we were really grateful for them. But at the same time, we were shifting through this, this really challenging period of our life. and, And when I say these challenges, I say them from my experience and how challenging they were for us. One thing that I've learned in my life is that I won't compare my challenges with other people's and say that it's not valid and I always encourage people not to do the same and I think that comes from working and training with Paralympic athletes for 15 years and instead of comparing and saying, well, my life's not as bad as theirs, which is what I've heard people say, which is terrible language uh, and therefore I should be okay, I get inspired by those kind of people as opposed to comparing my life to them. So this is in no comparison to people who lost their homes in floods and fires in Australia and, and, you know, have a lot of other challenges, uh, and, and might experience some major adversities in their life. This is not in, in comparison to that. And in actual fact, one of the things that I left out was, uh, we did experience adversity in our lives. And if you've listened to previous episodes, I've kind of mentioned it a couple of times that, Uh, my wife, one of her younger brothers was found dead in his apartment uh, a couple of months before we left Sweden. So, you know, that and that grieving period and all of the turmoil that that brought. And then for, for us to leave her amazing family on the other side of the country and then come back and then to handle all of this, all of these challenges that we shifted through, it, it just ended up building up to this big ball of all of these massive, roadblocks it felt like. And it was just this weight that was getting put on us and just this test from the universe saying, Hey, here's another challenge. What are you going to do about it? Hey, here's another challenge. What are you going to do about it? And for a period of time, we were really absorbing those challenges and, and handling them quite well. But as well as if you've got toddlers, you would understand that sleep is a bit of a, um, Hit and miss, <laughs> and there was lots of misses throughout that period. So dealing with all of these challenges, with lack of sleep or very very interrupted sleep, was also making it quite um, mentally and emotionally and physically draining. So throughout this period of time, you know, we were just getting um, hit with all these challenges, and then it just kept escalating and escalating and, and one day our um, our motorbike got stolen which was our second vehicle and, and transport for, for one of us when one of us would have the car with the kids, the other one could use the, the motorbike to get around and, you know, there was – that was kind of like for my wife, it was the icing on the cake. And I remember when all of these things kept happen- happening and we were having the bus break down, I'm spending hours on the side of the road and we're phoning around trying to get mechanics and um, tow trucks and all of this kind of stuff and just drama after drama after drama. I remember saying to my wife, you know that saying, when it rains, it pours. I, I really don't like it, but if we were to sink into that saying... I actually don't feel like it's pouring yet. And actually that it was the next day that the motorbike got stolen. And then a couple of more things happened after that. And it was a few days later and I said, all right, I think it's pouring now. So we're in amongst this, you know, pretty chaotic period of our life. And one thing that we supported each other really well with was ensuring that we were both still looking after ourselves individually. So we would m- ensure that we took time for ourselves in regards to exercise, getting out in sunlight, having a bit of our own time and looking after ourselves in in that way as much as possible. And our nutrition foundations were on point. That's always been a really big part of our life. Uh, and apart from that though, there was a lot of things that we weren't prioritizing around, breathing properly, meditation regularly, uh, different things to really lower and support our nervous system, and of course, sleep was interrupted with that. So, in amongst all of this this chaos, let's call it chaos from from my experience, uh, there was a few days where I just felt myself getting lower and lower in energy, and my optimism was getting kind of disappearing. I was still expressing gratitude and really trying hard to find gratitude in different things and there was one day where it all just got too much for me and i found that at the end of a really stressful day i just had to find my space before i went home to my gorgeous wife and kids and i just sat and i put my head in my hands and i said i'm i'm at rock bottom and I sent a voice message to my brother who is two years older than me. He's one of my best mates. And I just said to him, bro, this is my rock bottom. I'm I'm numb. My rock bottom for me was this numb feeling of really not knowing what to do, how to feel, what to feel. It was this bizarre feeling. I've never had it before. And one of my brother's responses was, no, you're not at rock bottom. Like, think about when our grandparents were murdered. That's rock bottom. Like, that really ripped us emotionally. You've been through harder times than this. And I said, Yeah, you know what? It, that was definitely much harder in that regard. And there's things that we can't reverse there. That was hugely difficult. And that was a rock bottom. But this is different. This is a feeling of, you know, I'm struggling to feel like I'm supporting my family, even. It was a, it was a, rock bottom that hit me mentally physically emotionally so many things out of our control and I just let myself kind of feel that one of the things that I know to be true is that we we try and avoid those difficult times we try and avoid those difficult situations and those difficult emotional experiences and I was only sending him voice messages because he lives in Canada but I just put my phone away after a while and just let that numbness come and kind of looked up to the sky and said a few things around, around the, the story of, all right, I'm ready. Like, I think I'm ready for, to learn this lesson fully. Because in amongst it all, one of the other things that my wife and I would say to each other, sometimes crying, sometimes stressed, would say, we know this is happening for us and not to us because we believe in that, that things happen for us and not to us. We know this is happening for us and not to us, but fuck, this is challenging. This is hard. This is difficult. And those long days of all of those things out of our control and then finally getting the kids down and then, you know, doing food prep and everything and then having to sit down and try and find accommodation after our... Our motorhome, our dream motorhome, had fallen through, and then we had to join the rental queue, which was crazy. And you know, carrying sick kids around, trying to find rental properties, and then at the end of the day, then having to apply for them, and just all of these things. And it was just, just this continual challenge after challenge, and this continuous kind of chaos. And you know, we would say we know this is happening for us, but fuck, this is challenging. We've got to get through this. And people would say things like. Um, oh, you know, there's always a silver lining in everything. We're like, yeah, we know that. And at the same time, this is bloody hard. So we really let ourselves know that and not try and mask that. And in that moment of me hitting my rock bottom and sitting down, on this day, I actually had uh, a couple of beers. I thought this is like I just wanted to just have a couple of beers on my own and just sit there and, and admit and surrender and say, I'm done. I'm numb. I'm just burnt out, not in a way of stressed and overworked, like high tension burnout, just in a – I'm depleted. I feel like something has sucked me from the inside. I feel depleted in this way. And I had my beers and I was journaling while I was doing it as well, just really emptying my mind, emptying my mind to voice messages to my brother, emptying my mind, looking up and saying things to the sky and, and to the powers above. And having those beers and, and doing that process, even afterwards, I didn't feel much better that day. And I went in and saw my beautiful family and felt connected, but still felt really numb and shared my experience with my wife. And and knowing knowing that numb kind of feeling and then knowing how I started this episode of the buzzing gratitude and optimism that I normally experience, I just felt like, I'm not sure how to get back there now because I still had a couple of foundations in place throughout this process and I'm really not sure what to do. And the next couple of days, uh, we continued to get these challenges and things were getting definitely not easier, just consistently, consistently coming. And it was another late night and by, by the time we got the kids down, got everything sorted and I grabbed a beer It's so out of character for me. I grabbed a beer and went and sat on the balcony on my own. Marie was doing her own thing inside. And I sat there with the beer and I opened it and I thought, I looked at the beer and I thought, I'm about to have this beer to mask how I'm feeling. I'm feeling numb, I'm feeling shit. I couldn't even put really any emotional words to it. I thought, I'm about to have this beer to not feel what I'm actually feeling because I don't like this feeling. And I thought, I raised my eyes and thought to myself, that's not a healthy relationship with alcohol. I don't want that. So I put the lid on the beer and I walked back inside and I put it on the top shelf and I walked back outside and I just sat down and overlooked the ocean And just talked to myself to clear my mind and then just sat with it, allowed myself to feel shit, allowed myself to feel numb, allowed myself to feel doubt, allowed myself to feel a bit of anxiety and I just sat with it. I had a bit of a cry and I'm not even sure how long that time was but I thought, okay, I'm done. I didn't feel great after that. I just kind of felt at this baseline level and went to bed. And the next day when I opened the fridge, I saw that beer in there and I had a little smile on my face. I thought, oh, cool. I did that. And each day and each time I opened that fridge and for the following days, I saw that beer and it gave me that little bit of a reminder and a bit of pride. Yeah, cool. Even amongst all this chaos – I did that. I did that one good thing. There was many other good things that I was doing, but I did that one really good thing in my soul. And it was kind of not because of that reason, but from that time, things just started to slowly turn around and we we're slowly starting to deal with a little bit less chaos. And that moment, it just kept, I kept reflecting on that and kept reminding me of how much life had changed externally to me in that period of time of all these challenges and then how much my internal environment of doubt and fear and worry and maybe actually definitely some pessimism coming into it changed the way that I was acting and behaving in terms of reaching for a beer because I love to have a beer occasionally or a red wine or two with my wife. I love it. So, you know, we have them around but I've never been a one to turn to the bottle ever but realising, shit, that's not actually what I was doing there. I was about to develop an unhealthy relationship with alcohol. So this clarity then allowed me to feel into gratitude a little bit more as well. Instead of just expressing it and knowing it and being grateful for the things around me, I was actually starting to feel gratitude again through these periods. And there was a lot of great gratitude for the people around me supporting me, not just my gorgeous wife, but other friends and family and community members that were supporting us through this and actually starting to feel that. And then actually starting to believe in optimism again after that process and starting to trust the process and trust the timing and not just saying we know this is happening for us, not to us, but actually trusting that this is happening for us and not to us. And so the discussions then were, oh, man, there's something amazing on the other side of this just waiting for us, whether it's next month, next year, or in a few years' time, we're not really sure. But this is all happening for us. But that experience of me hitting my rock bottom throughout that period of time in that lead up to it, the reason I was carrying shame and guilt also is because the work that I do and the coaching that I do is to be able to handle situations like that, to not let them beat us. You know, the unbeatable philosophies is about, I know that that's just an experience of life and we're guaranteed to have them. And we have these. These pillars in place that we focus on around breath, around relationships, around mindset, around movement, around nutrition, around our deeper beliefs and understanding and unpacking and visiting and pushing the edges and the paradigms and all of this stuff because we know that these challenges are going to keep coming. And we have all of these foundations in place to support us and not let us be beaten by them. And so when I was at rock bottom, I thought I was beaten. I thought in that moment in time i was beaten and it was when i when i kept looking at that beer in the fridge and then kept feeling the gratitude and feeling the optimism again that i realized no i wasn't beaten in those moments that was another experience of this emotional roller coaster that we're guaranteed to go through to be beaten would be to give up to be beaten would be to who knows what would happen in the in my relationship there was tension points that rose there that had never been there before in our relationship. And instead of us holding judgment or resentment or dividing because of those tension points, in the evenings, what we would do is check in and say, hey, babe, I'm really sorry that I got a bit emotionally reactive today. That wasn't about you. That was that was a really poor way of me processing the stress that I'm moving through. Just want you to know, still love you more than ever. Just checking in, are we good here? And that kind of dialogue, and by the way, she said, yeah, we're good. So that kind of dialogue throughout that chaos allowed us to know that we're still connected and not still connected, but actually really, really strongly connected throughout this. Although we're both dealing with things individually and together and it's stressful, we are deeply connected and supporting each other through this. Even when there is some emotional blow blowups um, individually or even between us that are never usually there. We know we're deeply connected and we don't take offense by that. So those experiences and then, yeah, the shame piece that I was speaking to, coaching and at that stage I was holding space for 25 men in two different coaching groups and teaching them the philosophies and leading them through them and supporting them through their challenging periods and ensuring that they're showing up for themselves and ensuring that they're laying the foundations and focusing on our non-negotiables and our, and our pillars. And one day I just thought <laughs> – I actually feel like a little bit of a fraud because I'm teaching all of this, but here I am experiencing all of these challenges and actually not controlling my emotions sometimes and actually having tension points with my beautiful wife that aren't usually there. And so I felt this urge to, it was just that reminder that even to live an unbeatable life doesn't mean a perfect life. And I've always known that and I've never thought my life was perfect at all. And I've always, you know, had these little areas that I need to work on, of course, or big areas. But in this moment in time, it felt like every area needed to be worked on. And here I was coaching men and supporting them to work on all of their areas. And so I thought, well, instead of hiding it, I'm just going to speak about it. Because one thing I know to be true is that shame hates to have language wrapped around it. So when we can speak to the shame speak about what I was ashamed about and felt like a fraud about, it actually took away the energy of that shame. Because the story I was telling myself that was making me feel shame, the stories weren't true. I wasn't not a fraud, but I felt like a fraud. And then for that story, and I would believe that story and I would go down that path of feeling like a fraud. And therefore I, I thought I was a fraud for that little period. So one of the Zoom calls one night, I just sat down and I said to the guys, gents, here's what I'm going through. Here's where I haven't been great with my practices and here's how it's paid out. And here's what I'm feeling. And even just that in itself allowed me to, it it dissipated the energy of that shame It allowed me to feel like less of a fraud, which made me realize actually wasn't a fraud. And one of the comments from a few of the guys was that, thanks for sharing that Robbo. Awesome to see that you're human. And the respect increased because of that. And so that's a big part of the reason why I want to share this story too is because one thing I know to be true and especially with us blokes but with every human being is that we think our stories, our experiences are unique and that people won't understand and we start to then create stories in our mind that escalate the fear or the doubt or the judgment, or the worry, or they escalate that guilt and that shame. And that's what really weighs us down. So my experience of hitting my rock bottom in that moment and for that short period of time was an embodied experience that I needed to have because I feel... I know I can coach on a lot of stuff. I know I can speak to a lot of situations and experiences, but without having actually experienced them, I haven't embodied them. So I can't speak from a place of feeling. It's just speaking from a place of knowing. Now this place that I speak from is wisdom, I guess. It's this experience, this embodied experience that I've had of hitting my rock bottom and knowing what worked well and what didn't work well in the lead up to that and from that space. And that's what I want to sort of share with you to to wrap things up is what worked well for me and what didn't. The things that worked well for me were to keep my gratitude practices and my optimism even when I didn't feel them. Even when I didn't feel like they were working, I still maintained those practices because I knew that they were true even though I didn't feel it other things that worked really well were the the check-ins with my gorgeous wife in amongst all the chaos, we made sure that we connected. So we allowed ourselves to stay connected throughout all of that. And on top of that was the crystal clear communication because there was times where we weren't communicating that well. And that would raise the tension because there was lots of things coming at us and just lots of shit we were dealing with and having to move through. But then those check-ins and other things around that and ensuring, because one of our top core guiding principles in our relationship is crystal clear communication. So ensuring that we maintained that crystal clear communication with each other about how we were, not just about everything that was going on and what we were dealing with, that's kind of the obvious communication, but how we were, how we felt individually, how we felt with each other, how we felt about everything and maintaining that. And like with all of the practices, but on the other side of that, when we started to shift through and here we are now, like I said at the start of this conversation that I'm actually buzzing on life and energy and optimism and gratitude and everything again and have been for a little while, but the, that reminder that it's because of those check-ins and because of that crystal clear communication that our relationship is thriving. There wasn't a lot of damage done in all of that that we had to repair and try and make up for. So there was that reflection point allowed me to realize too, oh, I wasn't beaten by the situation because to be beaten by it would cause a lot of that conflict and that tension and that needing to repair. So there was the, the gratitude and the optimism maintaining that even though I didn't feel it, uh, the crystal clear communication and the check-ins with my gorgeous wife that worked really well. Another thing that worked really well was uh, to overcome some of my upper limit problems and accept help from other people there were some amazing people in my life that just stood up and said, we're there for you. We'll do this for you. We will be there for you hours on end or, you know, supplying different things and supporting us in ways that if we didn't have that support, then probably would have been beaten by things, by the circumstances. So it's one thing to have the support there and offer, but it's another thing to actually accept it and receive it. And it reminded me in those periods of, that's an area of mine, like an upper limit problem of mine that I hadn't dealt with is accepting that from other people and not feeling bad for people to give their time, to give their resources, uh, to give their love and their energy towards us, to actually receive that, to allow us to, to move through it. And that's one thing I notice a lot with other people is that I work with is that even when that support's there and they're doing things for them, if you're not fully receiving it, then you're not going to get that energy from it. You're not accepting what is there on offer and it makes it actually harder to move through it. So that was another thing that worked really well. Um, And one of the other things that worked really well was keeping some of those foundations. Like I said, there was some of the things that I dropped the ball, but there was others that I maintain around movement as medicine. I wasn't physically training hard through that period because my nervous system would have just threw me to the ground and said, don't do that. Uh, so the movement as medicine and nutrition practices, while they weren't perfect, that they never are actually. Perfection is not a point I aim for with nutrition, but knowing that our nutrition supports us physically, mentally, and emotionally, those kind of things did not make the challenges go away. They did not make them come less. They didn't bring our motorbike back that was stolen or fix the motorhome and get rid of the mold. They allowed us as the individual moving through those challenging circumstances to handle those better. And up until having kids, and then having a situation like that that lasted a few months, I thought that that was enough. It was to have the nutrition and the the mindset and uh, the movement practices in place. But it's not it. What it doesn't do is make us immune to all of those challenges. And like I said, I still hit my rock bottom throughout all of that. So the biggest learning curve from all of this is that having those foundations in place although it didn't prevent me from going to the rock bottom I feel like it prevented me from being beaten what it did was allowed me to leverage from that on the other side of these challenges so as all of the external challenges started to minimize and disappear let's just go with minimize as they started to minimize and there was less of that around because i had the foundations laid It allowed me to have this level of energy and trust and gratitude and optimism just enough to be able to leverage that on the other side of it and to feel better and to show up more fully from that space. As opposed to my rock bottom being an absolute depletion and a backwards slip, where even when the external challenges weren't there, I still didn't have the internal environment to support myself, to enjoy life, to show up to my family, to leverage from that place. So it, you know, I've, I've often said over the years, don't wait for the tsunami in your life before you do the work, to then think that you've got to make up for great adversity or challenges like this, lay the foundations, focus on the non-negotiables and the pillars. Now knowing that even if you drop down and even if it's not your rock bottom but you feel really low and you're struggling, if you've focused on and you continue to focus on those foundational pillars, the leverage point afterwards will allow you to thrive or allow you to elevate from that space much quicker. So a couple of things that didn't work very well to wrap up. One of them was what didn't work very well is when I was a bit emotionally reactive and, um, allowed my emotions to control me as opposed to me navigating them and releasing emotions, um, in a more healthy kind of way. And the obvious thing that didn't work really well was when I did actually choose to drink, In those times of numbness and not feeling very well. So, in those times when I hit my rock bottom and I was feeling numb and feeling like crap, and I still chose to drink those beers. And although it was only a couple of beers, what I know about that is that I was numbing how I was feeling, as opposed to feeling what I was feeling, trying to escape that reality that I really didn't like. Even just with a couple of drinks. That's enough. So even you know throughout that period of if it was just a couple of wines with my wife, it probably affected my sleep throughout all of that. So I, what I know is that the the drinking part though, especially when it hit rock bottom doesn't work really well. What was really powerful is when I said no and knew that that experience of feeling it and shifting through it was actually what I needed. Once again, just to wrap up, I just wanted to share that experience with you guys because I know that everyone is experiencing things, experiencing challenges, experiencing shifting through adversities or the everyday stresses and challenges in different ways. There is no comparison. I'm not looking for sympathy. I just wanted to share how I felt, what worked well and what I feel didn't work so well. And what I would also love to encourage you is that if you are shifting through challenges similar to yourself or you have shifted through them, and you've found things that worked really well for you, share it around. Tell your story. Share from a place of vulnerability because the power of vulnerability is that it shows people that we are not alone. It also helps you and reminds you because it reminds me as I speak to this that shame hates to have language wrapped around it. So when we speak to the things that we feel shame about, we can sort of break it down and take the energy away from it as opposed to it weighing us down. On a completely different note, to finally wrap things up, next episode is number 200. To say that I'm a little bit excited and proud about that is an understatement. To say that that is actually supporting my gratitude and optimism is more on point (laughs) so next episode episode number 200 it's a really special one and it's also uh, a, a bit of a deeper one for myself and the experience that I had leading into that so stay tuned keep thriving legends there you go another empowering episode and thanks again for tuning in make sure you check out the show notes for any extra links or information that we spoke about in this episode Don't forget, you can now catch the Unbeatable You podcast on the YouTube channel, Brett Robbo Coach. If you want info and inspiration straight into your inbox on how to live an unbeatable life, you can sign up to receive weekly insights and actionable steps for optimal performance and thriving in every aspect of your life, plus first release offers on Unbeatable You courses and live events. Don't worry. There's no spam, just short, punchy, value-giving emails straight to you. Simply go to brettrobo.com forward slash community. If you find value in this podcast, don't forget to share it around with your mates and subscribe, rate, and review. It really supports the podcast mission massively. If you want to reach out to me personally, you can connect with me at, at Brett Coach on social media, and that's where you can let me know who you want to hear on the show. Keep thriving, legends, and as always, remember, if not you, then who? If not now, then when? This is your opportunity to live your unbeatable life.